0: If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. If you'd like to get a free copy, just send a text to 33444 with the word 7habits. That's the number 7habits to 33444. Let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Philip Stutz. He's the founder of Go Big Media and the author of Fire Them Now. He's also the mastermind, one of the masterminds, behind the curtain of political marketing. With over 20 years of political and marketing experience, Stutz has worked with multiple Fortune 200 companies and has over two decades of experience working on campaigns with billions of dollars in political ad spend and has contributed to over a 1,000 election victories, including hundreds of U.S. House campaigns, dozens of U.S. Senate campaigns, and even three presidential campaigns. So that's very, very interesting. He's been featured in all kinds of major media, but he's here today. So I want to welcome Philip
1: to the show. Oh, honored to be here, Dennis. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This is really interesting, this whole crossover from political to business, particularly as it relates to marketing, right? So today we're going to talk about a really cool, totally unique idea here, which is what politicians know about marketing that business owners don't. So I'm excited to dive into that. But before we do that, give us a quick one or two minutes here, you know, backdrop on kind of how you got here and tell us what you got going on over there at Go Big Media.
1: Great. So I was born in Alabama, went to the University of Alabama, obsessed with college football. I you know, thought I could play, you know, as a little kid, I wanted to play sports, realized that my 5, 10, 150-pound frame wouldn't hold up. Also became obsessed with politics and jumped into politics back in 1996. Started working on political campaigns, ran them for years and years and years, and then thought, you know, I want to take all this experience and create a marketing agency. In the process of that, I was diagnosed with an incurable disease for which for many years I stuck my head in the sand and did nothing about it. And then in one day I decided I wanted to disrupt my disease and it has led me to this explosive path, both in my health, my business, my personal relationships and everything else I've done in my life. And I'm on the cusp of starting a one man clinical trial to cure my disease, a a disease that no one has ever been cured of in, in the history of this disease. So That is the two-minute summary, and a couple years ago, I started talking to business owners who were fascinated by politics and wanting to know if that could translate into their business. And so we started doing some experiments, and we had unbelievable, explosive growth for these businesses in basically half the cost of what they were spending with their typical marketers. And what I found out was, my gosh, this is a market for this. So I went around, I interviewed 100 CEOs, and I found the same frustration in the digital marketing space, that people were really smart, but the, the digital marketing agencies always won before the business has won. And these business owners were stuck, stuck their head in the sand and just paid these people and didn't do anything about it. And I went, well, that resonates with me in the way that I'm dealing with my health issues. And I wanted to rattle the cages and get them unstuck in a way that I also have been unstuck. So I wrote the book. It's called Fire Them Now, The Seven Lies, Digital Marketers Sell, and the truth about political strategies that help businesses win. And I laid out all of the things that businesses can be doing to win the game at marketing And it's been an amazing process so far. And uh, it was released this year.
0: Wow, congrats on that. So that's Go Big Media, which is your agency where you're focusing on taking your political background and crossing it over into more corporate marketing strategies.
1: Yep. We actually have two different marketing arms. One is Win Big Media. That's our corporate marketing arm. And then there's Go Big Media. And that's just for politicians and politics. Oh, interesting. Okay, great. Well, we're in a very uh, heightened day and age, Dennis. People, you know, don't want that connected. And I understood that and respected it. And so if businesses work with us, they work with us over our different agency called WinVic Media. We wanted to make sure that people were comfortable. I am not a partisan hack. And so I decided that uh, I wanted to teach these strategies, not talk policy or Trump tweets or things like that. So that's the difference.
0: Gotcha. So give us a little insight into your business, or I guess it's the businesses, right? Give us a sense of how big they are, whether that be number of employees, revenue, growth percentage. Talk to us a little bit to give us a sense of scale or maybe number of clients, however you want to frame that.
1: Sure. Well, we started the company four years ago, and in that four years, we doubled the business every single year. We now are at 25 employees. We started it with uh, two employees in Washington, D.C., We've now moved into Seattle, Washington with an office, Dallas, Texas with an office. We're in Florida with an office, and we have an office in Washington, D.C. And so really, we double the business every year. And it's not because I'm, you know, trying to, I'm just trying to grow, 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 grow. I will tell you, half the business has been grown on the back end of the business about being a smart businessman, which I didn't understand when I started my company. And I've decided to pay a lot of attention to how we run the business on the back end. And that's also helped us have explosive growth. But we've doubled every single year for four years. And we will expect in the next two years to keep doubling as well.
0: So with 25 employees, would you categorize it as a seven figure or an eight figure business? We're, eight, it,
1: we're eight, we're eight now.
0: Awesome. Perfect. Congrats. That's amazing. Thank
1: you. Yeah.
0: All right. So if for for your business, let's get a little bit micro. Let's get a little bit micro for a second before we pivot into the main topic. For your business, getting corporate clients. Let's focus in on the corporate client side. And it may not, the strategy may not be the different for your political clients, but what's the number one strategy your company is using today to get
1: new clients for your business? So we talk about this, it really is taking the fundamentals that we know in politics, and we apply them to businesses in different ways, right? So we, the campaigns that we run on the, uh, for businesses is, is different, but the fundamentals are the same. In politics, we market to emotion. And I want people to think about that. In politics, I certainly like the politicians we work for, but I love the voters. And I, when I sit down with a politician, I want to know what they care about, but I really want to care, I care more about what the voters in that district or that state think. And then I want to try to find alignment between the voter and the politician. So if the politician believes in an issue and he's very strong on that issue, and we find out the voters don't care about that issue, I'm gonna say, that's great, you don't have to change your position, but let's not talk about that. Let's find the three issues where you're in alignment with the majority of the voters we're trying to convince, and then let's go market to emotion to figure that out. I ultimately think it's much harder, much, much harder to get someone to vote for an unknown or even an unsavory candidate than it is to buy a tube of toothpaste. So when I looked into this, I found out that political marketing convinces, you know, uh, voters to vote at half the price point of a corporate marketer, even though it's harder. How? Because we market to emotion. And so we always think about how we're emotionally connecting that politician and that voter. And when I translated that over to the business marketing, we've had explosive growth because what I see everywhere, and part of the reason I wrote the book is that the fact is, is that a marketing agency or or a marketing company will come into a business and say, oh my gosh, we've got to get you an SEO strategy or a Facebook strategy or, you know, what's your Instagram strategy? And that's bullshit. That's all tactics. I don't, I mean, tactics are one thing. I I utilize tactics every day, but what is the strategy? And I always say the tip of the strategy, one thing that people aren't doing anymore that you could be a total outlier as, as a business owner is to make the marketing of your entire business, the number one thing is to build relationships. And when I say that, that's also marketing to emotion. The great example, the best one that's ever done this is Tony Shea at Zappos. He built a billion dollar company that sold to Amazon and the entire premise was to build personal relationships with their customers. There are millions and millions of people who buy from Zappos, shoes at Zappos. They have call centers, Dennis. The call centers at Zappos have a 9% turnover rate when the average turnover rate of a typical company is 150%. And the question is why, what are they doing? They train their call center operators to build personal relationships, not sell shoes, not get off the phone in two minutes, not automate their call centers, and not to have some kind of overseas call center. They have people that sit there on the phone and want to get to know the customer on the phone. They have a 75% repurchase rate based on their call centers. Why? Because it's all personal relationships. Dennis, if you look at the average person right now walking down the street, they have a phone in front of their face. So people say, well, that's what we should market to. And I say it's the complete opposite. No one is building personal relationships anymore. And you know, if you want to become a commodity in the eyes of the customer or consumer, right? then you're going to be re- vulnerable and replaceable. Right. And so I think we understand that in politics. And so the economic model going forward is how do you do it differently? How do you build a personal relationship for your company, whether it's B2B or B2C? And then how do you utilize your marketing to reinforce that relationship? And that's the whole point. No one is doing that right now. And if you are a business and you want to do that right now, you will have explosive growth.
0: Well, we may have spilled the popcorn in the lobby here because I know you really dove into that question, but I, I want to tee up the main component of this interview. And that is, I think you already started talking about it a little bit, but I'm sure you can expand on it a little bit, which is, you know, based on your expertise on both sides, political, business, marketing, you know, being a voter and being a consumer, right? What is that? That politicians know about marketing that business owners don't. Because I think you started unraveling that, and I want to make sure that we frame that for the audience.
1: Yeah, it is. It's building personal relationships. If you look at politicians, look, I don't, It you know, people make the, the first thing to come to mind, maybe the president. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your mayor, right? Or your councilman or your state representative. Those politicians typically walk and knock on every door in a neighborhood that they're trying to get votes and they're trying to one-on-one build personal relationships. They'll go to phone banks and call voters. They will do press conferences and talk to voters directly. They'll walk in parades and shake hands. And when typically a voter gets there, you know, shakes a hand of a politician, they go, wow, I met so-and-so today. That left an impression. That's how you should be thinking about your business. And the secret is that we, again, we market to emotion in politics. And when we started working with businesses, we just said, why is everybody saying we got to get your SEO up? Or what about these Facebook videos, right? I mean, a great statistic that Google put out recently was uh, seven in 10 B2B buyers watch a video sometime during the buying process. Well, that's great. If your video is some random video that doesn't market to emotion, then you have wasted your money. And so what I'm trying to do is get businesses to look at this as a fundamental macro viewpoint, not a micro viewpoint in their marketing, that the way that they talk to anyone and everyone in that business needs to be trained and taught to it in an emotional way and in a way that derives, you know, feelings of good. And again, I'll say this, if, if a business becomes a commodity in the eyes of the customer, the consumer then they're going to be replaceable. And so what we try to do is market in a way that does, that makes them so valuable that the customer, consumer, whatever it is, will never choose anyone else.
0: So can you give me an example of how businesses can make this pivot more into focusing on emotion versus you know, SEO or just tactics?
1: Can yeah. And you- so the first thing is to understand your consumer or the cost- customer, whatever it is. So What I mean by that is this. And the first step I I take in any political campaign that I'm working on is I go, we need to research the voters. We need to understand what the voters feel, what they think, what's important to them, what's not important to them. We have to go in and do that. And so when I sit down with a business, I will not work with a business that doesn't undertake a research project to understand their customers, consumers, whatever it is, their clients. I won't do it because they're wasting money and I, I don't want to waste anybody's time and money. And I'll give you an example. We have a, a large $20 million client, revenue client, and they spend a lot of money on marketing and their sales had gone flat and they came to us and said, we've got to figure this out. For the last four years, we've, our sales have gone flat. So they brought us in. And I said, have you ever researched your customer, consumer? No, no, no. We know our customers. We know our consumers. Yeah, it's not a problem. And I said, well, have you ever done any research? And they said, no. And part of what, why marketing firms don't do that is there's no money in it for them. So they don't want to do the research to find out what the consumer and customer thinks because they want to make money first. My point is, I want to do a audience insight report. I want to know everything about their customers and their consumers or whatever it is and their clients and figure out what's important and then devise a strategy around that. So we went in. They had been marketing their $20 million business on discounts. That was the tip of the spear for their marketing. And when we went in, we found out that the consumer was well-educated, that they were, they, they were married, and they were in higher income brackets, and that discounts played no very little part in the decision-making process. What they found was that they wanted a high standard of quality, that they would pay more money for high quality. And so we reversed, they had spent money and wasted money for four years, Dennis, because they didn't understand what the customer or the consumer want. And so we came in and literally rewrote the map for them. We changed the way they talked to their customers. We changed, and that didn't cost them any money, by the way. We changed the way that they trained their employees so that they communicated differently. And then we also put together a paid media strategy where we talked about high quality and we also talked about the other factors that were driving those decisions of whether that customer would buy or not. And that has had led them to have explosive growth again. And it's crazy. You think about it, it's so obvious, but nobody's doing it because it's the short-term tactical game makes money immediately. And the long-term game of trying to figure out things the right way doesn't pay off immediate, but it pays off in the end. And that's ultimately the only place I'm going to go.
0: Gotcha. Makes sense. So let's talk about this for a second because you, in the political realm, you know, in the political campaigns, you see a lot of mudslinging, right? And you see a lot of negative campaigns, right? It seems like that's a part of almost any campaign that I've ever seen. So obviously there's a strategy behind that. So my question is, how do businesses take advantage of a similar or parallel type of strategy? Is there something you got something in your? your cookbook for that?
1: I do, in fact, there's a, a huge section in the book about it. Well, let me tease it this way. Dennis, you've seen negative political ads in your lifetime, correct? <laughs> yes, too many. Uh, yeah. Do you like them? Uh, no. Does anybody really like them? Nope. And why do we do it?
0: Why do politicians do it? Um, yeah,
1: why do we as political marketers, why do I design negative political ads? I'm not sure. Well, because they work. <laughs> There you go. And that's the only reason people hate them. Everybody complains about them. And I don't care because it works. And so, my point is, I tell businesses this all the time. I'm not trying to get businesses to take, like, a, you know, in, in politics, we'll take a baseball bat and whack somebody over the head with it. Right. And that's fun in politics. You can't do that in business. But what is lacking in business is businesses that are willing to look at that particular strategy of negative. Advertising and utilize it in a way that offends no yeah. one and gains them massive market share, and that is comparative advertising. And so I'll give you a couple of examples. Right, the Apple ver- or the ad- Mac versus the PC ads. Do you remember this from like ten years ago? Do you remember Mac versus PC? Sure. Yeah, Steve Jobs created a 368 ad- negative ads against PCs. 368, he only ran 68 of them. And every one of those ads, if you remember, the Apple guy was this cool hipster guy who's just, you know, doing all the cool things, got all the, you know, Apple products. The, and the Mac guy, or the, the PC guy, is old, nerdy. He literally falls over himself. He trips over himself. Like, he'll say the dumb things. You roll your eyes at him, you laugh out loud at him. And literally, he buries his own grave. That ad concept, that ad strategy, along with the fact that the iPhone came out around the same time, gave Apple an explosion in growth that they're still seeing today. They own the younger market because of that ad concept. That was over 10 years ago. In the 80s, there was the Pepsi versus Coke, you know, the Pepsi challenge and the Pepsi Coke wars. And then right now, it is going on between a couple different industries that are fascinating case studies. One is Wendy's versus McDonald's. Wendy's is literally crushing McDonald's every day. Wendy's, I think two years ago, had 750,000 Twitter followers, and they're like over two and a half million now. They are, you know, they like McDonald's recently put a tweet out that said, insert copy here. Like it was a mistake by the marketing team, right? And Wendy's immediately responded with, hey, McDonald's, your tweets are broken like your ice cream machine. Like, there's nothing that offends anybody in that. All it does is disparage McDonald's over and over and over again. The other business that's doing it right now is T-Mobile, and T-Mobile is savaging Verizon. John Legere, the CEO of T-Mobile, is just savaging them every day, paying on ads to savage them every day. He's going after AT&T every day, and it is, it's hilarious to watch. And those guys are gaining market share. And by the way, let me, this is kind of interesting. And so we always work with businesses to try to figure this out. It's, it's very important, and I'll lay out how businesses can do this that will in the book that never offends anyone, never offends anyone, and only gains you market share. But I'll share one part of that particular chapter I think is interesting. If a business was to go out, the only businesses we recommend do this are those that are underdogs in the marketplace. So if you are the top company out in the market, probably not a good idea because it's looked at as punching down. You want to punch up. But if you do this, right, typically we have seen this crazy process play out. And the process is that you run these ads and and there's like five steps that happen, right? You run the ads at no one's offended. You start gaining market share and your competition, like first, like inside the company, they start laughing at you and like, oh, what is that stupid business. Why are they even doing that? They're, they don't know what they're doing. And then they like, suddenly they like freeze, right? The second stage, I call it the stages of grief, but it's like the second stage is like they come to this, they can become frozen. They don't know what to do. And then they move into this sort of bureaucratic chaos where they're producing memos and running around. We got to do something. And then they come to this like acceptance stage. And then they finally decide they got to take action. In politics, Dennis, that process takes eight days to two weeks because we're so used to negative advertising. In the business and corporate world, it takes six to 12 months for that process to play out. And if you're a business and you can run comparative advertising that offends no one, gains market share, and there's no response to it for six to 12 months, if at all, you can have unbelievable growth. And sometimes those responses by your competition are so like out of, like they don't know what to do. So their response is idiotic. If you look again back at the Pepsi and Coke wars of the 80s, Coca-Cola created New Coke in response to the negative ad campaign that Pepsi ran. New Coke almost bankrupted Coca-Cola. That was their response. And to this day, Pepsi still owns the younger market in the Cola Wars because of an ad campaign that started in the 1980s.
0: So would you consider, like, here's an example that comes top of mind for me, Salesforce versus Microsoft, because Salesforce has always been, they go, no software, right? Their whole platform has been no software, no software, no software. And I don't think they really mentioned Microsoft, but everybody knew who they were talking about. So I don't know that there's that an example. I mean, I just it was one that came kind of top of mind as yeah, far that's as
1: a, I love that, that there is direct comparative and there's indirect comparative advertising. Right. So that's an indirect because they weren't going after themselves, but they were identifying, you know, what the the problem was in the marketplace and they attacked it. And yeah. I love that. I mean, look, if you look at the name of my book, it's fire them now. The seven Lies digital marketers sell. I'm going negative on the marketing companies out there. And by the way, not, the only one that has responded in the last few months, the book has come out. Is some guy wrote a negative review on Amazon on the book, and it was saying that one of the lies was unfair, and it's and that's not really like I, I talk about how business marketing agencies should be like your marketing agency should be charging as a retainer, not as an hourly fee, because the hourly fee empowers the marketing agency, not the business. And this negative review said that that's impossible. It's just too much work to do if you can't charge by the hour. And I'm like, the guy proved my point. Like he was so stupid in his response, whoever it was. But I was like, I love that negative review. Like that's my whole point. The guy proved it. So no,
0: that's that's,
1: uh, that's an example.
0: That's a great example, especially when it comes back to your own book. And you, you know, you're a guy who eats his own dog food, right? And you know, not only are you preaching this and teaching this, but you're using it for your own business. So that's perfect. Well, listen, let's do a couple of rapid fire before we close out today. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using today to grow your businesses?
1: I mean, you know, I can give you the easy, which is just we use all the Google products. But really, there's one. We, we use Slack forever and ever. But Slack became so expensive, especially as we grew as a company, that we tried to find an alternative. And we worked with a software called TaskWorld that organizes all the outcomes of each individual employee on, the, in the, on our team and it also serves kind of like like Slack, where we can communicate within task world as well. So it's been a pretty cool one.
0: Perfect. I'll make sure I include a, a link to that in the show notes. And what's one book that you would recommend to my audience?
1: Well, I, it's, it's irrelevant to what we're talking about today, but there's a book by Ned Hallowell called Driven to Distraction. And once I read that book and realized how how distracted I was and how I wasn't using my brain when it was on firing on all cylinders in the right way. It reorganized every hour of my day, my workday in a different way. I do critical thinking when my brain wants to do critical thinking. I, I do mundane tasks when I'm more, you know, tired or, or it's at, you know, end of the day. I do phone calls when I'm trying not to fall asleep after lunch. I I literally rearranged every minute of my day to fit how my brain fires. And that book really helped guide me on that.
0: No, that's perfect. And again, I'll add that in the show notes. Well, listen, I really appreciate you being on the show today, Philip. Your experience is incredible. I mean, I think you shared just a a small part of that. So I want everybody to get your book because I'm going to make sure I grab it. So let everybody know how they can get your book, learn a little bit more about what you do, and then we'll close it out for today.
1: Yeah. It, it, the book is easy. You can go to Amazon and it's called fire them now. And then if any of your listeners wanted to, uh, I have a free offer, which is we download the three secrets you need to know before you hire or fire a marketing agency. And that's, uh, that's at philipsdutscom backslash offer.
0: Perfect. I'll add that to the show notes. Appreciate you being on the show. I'm sure we'll talk again soon and we're going to close it out for today.
1: Hey, honored to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Philip.